it's time for Larry Knows Bars. My guests tonight, coming to you live via satellite from Red Oak, Iowa, John Follow Through. California, Dad. And I'm your host, Larry the F. The Wednesday, June 23rd, 2.05 p.m., 2021. We're into the third round of the NBA playoffs. Uh, Death, did I have that right? Are you in Burbank or are you in some other L.A. community? Uh, I'm in North Hollywood. Can I just be Eric on the podcast? Yeah, sure. Oh, my God. (laughs) What the fuck happened? No, I, I don't know. Oh, death. No, I'm friends with death. Yeah, no, yeah, it's just, yeah. It hurts my voice. Sometimes it hurts my voice. Yeah, no problem at all. Uh, you, can cut all the, you can cut all this out. Yeah, I will. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, I want to say I'm bummed. I had a really, that, that joke about the snow leopard coming on outside of your apartment. I want all the listeners to know I will shoehorn in a joke at some point about a big cat having an orgasm if you hear a loud humming in the podcast. So just to know, yeah. I will call that cat guys. Right, so the audio for this may not be the greatest quality because there is a snow leopard outside my apartment. You might hear it right now. You can hear it right now. <laughs> coming on my, coming on the side of the building. But you've probably had like, I'm sure that's happened before in podcasts where you've had construction outside or loud noises, right? I mean, you're right, your window's right there. Yeah, yeah. And I'm in your, your audience. City. Your audience won't be outraged. No, they, they've come to expect it. And uh, they they use it to wake up. Some people listen to podcasts to fall asleep. This is like set your alarm to the sounds of a snow leopard. If you're if the intro to your show like played across the room to wake me up at eight o'clock in the morning, I would never sleep through my alarm. Oh, <laughs> every morning I woke up to it's time. I immediately get up. And turned you off. I guess that's a compliment. I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult, but it would definitely wake me up in the yeah. morning. Well, I, I'll take it as a compliment. I choose to take it as a compliment. It's a, it's a, I've said before, it's the best intro in the game. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I, um, I mean, that's kind of, I, I would really, so the song is from NFL Films. And uh, yeah. if I ever get a cease and desist letter, like one, that'll be a great milestone to hit. Um, but dude, it's like, what am I going to do? The intro is the best part. That's what everybody comes for. <laughs> you could probably get, you could probably pay somebody to recreate. You could just send them that and be like, make me something as close to that as possible that I won't get in trouble for. Right. He's got, you'll have to spend money on it. But I did that for a pilot one time. I was like, I just found a bunch of songs I liked and I paid a musician and I was like this, but not that. As close as you can make it to this, yeah. With these types of lyrics, and they did it for me. So you know, I got some, I got some people I can put you. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, you got some people in the music industry because you're in Burbank. I got one guy I worked with six years ago that might be dead. That's what I really. <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah. Well, and hopefully he's. It's. Char- it would be cheaper than buying the rights to the song. That's what they did in um, in AEW, the new like wrestling federation. Like some of the wrestlers come out to actual songs like one comes out to the pixie song where's my mind so they just bought the rights to it fuck that's not cheap no it's not um but aw great stuff nba uh did any of you guys see the the suns game last night yes yeah uh it was awesome, and that that last play was amazing. Um, 
Yeah. I think like what DeAndre Ayton basically dunked an alley-oop from out of bounds uh, with 0.9 seconds left or something like that. Mm-hmm. And DeAndre Ayton, I think, was the fourth most important player in that play. <laughs> like number one, I think, was the coach because that was just a really well-drawn-up play. Number two is Jay Crowder for that like that pass, which just like misses a little bit and it hits the rim and then you're done and, and they lose that game. Number three was Devin Booker's screening to like create the lane for DeAndre Ayton. Number four was DeMarcus Cousins for, <laughs> for just being out there. Okay, and number five was DeAndre Ayton. It was like, I didn't even think it counted when it happened. It yeah. looked like an it looked like an illegal play. I was it it was executed in a way where I was like, oh, if that's legal, why don't they just do that every? Why isn't that every single play? If you just throw the ball to that, it's almost like an indefensible. I mean, I know we can make fun of Demarcus Cousins, but like, it feels like if it's executed that way, it's like an indefensible play. Almost like almost like when you watch like a. DB draped on a receiver, but the quarterback just puts it in a place where only the receiver can get it. Mm-hmm. You go, well, fuck it. If he throws it like that, I guess we're just going to lose. Like that's kind of the way I viewed that play was like, holy shit. It was just like, it was just per. It was like literally perfect. Everything yeah. about it was perfect. Yeah. Cause it did look, cause we don't see that very often. And that's why it seems like, Oh, that's gotta be offensive goaltending or something, but it's not, you could just, as long as it doesn't inbounds, touch the yeah, it doesn't count. On the inbounds. But is it, if if he had gotten his hand in front of it in the cylinder, is it like the defender, Zubach or whatever, if he'd gotten his hand in front of it, would that have been defensive goaltending? I guess not, right? Yeah. you can't make that basket. Like, you can't, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a shot. So you can't right. goaltend something that's not a shot. Yeah. Um, it's so not a shot. That, until, yeah, it was crazy. It's not a shot until Aiden touches it. Right. Right. So like, so if he it's had got his hand yeah. in front of it, like, then it's done. Which, honestly, without a good screen, I think would every single time. Right. Right. Like that's the thing. Because that ball has to come in softly enough that it's basically like a volleyball spike situation. <laughs> if the if the defender is anywhere close. Dude, DeAndre Aiden didn't know if it counted. Like in the interview afterwards, he was like, I didn't know if I could, I don't know if that was good. Like no, every single person that play happened and we all like just started Googling <laughs> on an inbound. Nobody knew. It was, it was fucking cool, man. It reminded me there was a game where the uh, Eagles tied somebody and McNabb was quarterback. And at the end of the, at the press conference, he was like, yeah, I didn't know that if nobody scores in overtime, I didn't know you could die. People were like, how do you not know? It's like, dude, you didn't know either. Like, nobody knew. Like, right. It's fucking... Because it just never happens a, that no one it scores. It just never happens. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I, it's funny that nobody's... That's never come up. Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. It's funny that that's never come up. I just yelled and my wife had to close the door. She works on a real TV show. Oh, wow. Anyway, um... Anyway, yeah, it's just funny that, like, we never considered that play until it, like, meant something in the conference championship, you know? Like, I I was, like, laughing and amazed at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It was so... uh, The only annoying part about the whole thing was just all the stops in the last two minutes, which is a common complaint about the NBA, but it was really bad last night. And, um, like, even after the Aiton make they had to they reviewed it to review how much time was left and then the clippers start getting their guys onto the court and then they realize no it has to be the same because they didn't have a timeout it has to be the same five guys on both sides so then they started reviewing to see who was on there like trying to hope (laughs) hope cousins could like just go away i don't know but um and actually uh paul george got an okay shot off in that last play, but didn't make it. It's, um, yeah, been an interesting... Free throws were painful. That was painful. Yeah. God. But he made those shots before. I know. Right? I like, know. he made the three, like, yeah. he, Paul George was making plays. I mean, he made the bad inbounds pass that was almost a turnover, but, like, he, he was making plays, and then when the spotlight is the absolute brightest, he 
choked it. And I, I don't know. I feel bad for the guy. I really it's, it, it's also like, it's not like they were bad. I know it's, you know, snow leopard. It's not like they, they weren't. Oh, snow leopard. Oh. <laughs> um, no, it's not like they were bad free throw misses. Like, you know, I, as a Sixers fan, which I'm sure we'll talk about, uh, I've seen some bad free throw misses recently. Mm-hmm. Like at least Paul George isn't shooting with the wrong fucking hand. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Like he looks, he, it's, it's a choke technically, but like John said it, like he played really fucking well right up to that point. So I'm like, would they even have been in a position to go up three if it wasn't for how he played you know what I mean? Right. Like, it's like the, you know, whatever. He, I don't want to think of Paul George as a choke artist. For some reason, I keep rooting for him to, like, fucking make it happen in the playoffs. Yeah, I yeah, kind of find myself he, doing that, too. Yeah, and I and wonder. He couldn't how- win the game. Like, there was no way he was going to, he could win the game with his shots. He hits those two. It's a different play, right? Like, mm-hmm. they're just going for three and, and whatever. And who knows the outcome? And then maybe we're in overtime because they make a lot of freaking three-pointers, right? This isn't no time left on the clock. You're down by one, two shots to, to yeah. win it. Like, um, a lot of things had to happen after that. I just, it just, it just sucks. Yeah. yeah, I'd like, I think it's a thing with, it's always the way you frame stuff. It's like, in our minds, we're like, Paul, George sucks in crunch time. So the fact that he missed the two free throws, you just go, that's why the Clippers lost. But mm-hmm. in reality, there's, it's like, it's, I always reference like the fucking Steve Bartman in Chicago, <laughs> Moise Salu reaches his urine soaked hands <laughs> and ruins this man's life. But it's like, then after that, the Cubs gave up like 13 runs. Like other shit happened right. after yeah. a, man, a man went like this for five seconds towards a ball. Alex, that Alex Gonzalez dropped like a sure double play ball as the shortstop. Like everything was screwed up. I mean, it yeah. was it, it was a mess. And I watched Moise Salou for years on the Astros before that. And that guy never went all the way into the stands. For a ball. <laughs> like I... I would like if I saw a moist salute coming, I'd be like, Yeah, he's not gonna he's not gonna <laughs> yeah. come All right, I got this. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah, it's it, it, it's 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 people focus on a certain thing and they'll focus on Paul George. I think like Paul George is helped by the fact that it was such an amazing play after mm. that to beat them. But like you have to look at the totality of the game. And the, yeah. the truth is, is like he fucking was playing lights out and was the reason they were in that position in the first place. So like, you can't take, it's not like it's not crunch to hit shots in the third quarter of a conference championship game where you need to win, you know, like, I don't know. Poor Paul George. Poor Paul George. Poor Paul George. (laughs) But there are like tons of that in sports history. Like Bill Buckner, the, the Red Sox already blew the save, the inning the before. They did. Yeah. They did. What wasn't part of the reason people don't like Paul George is because he like threw Doc Rivers under the bus after they lost in the playoffs. He did yeah. do that last year. I think but, they yeah. hate already so, didn't like him, but well, well, well let me let, let me let me say this. Let's rename Paul George Nostra fucking Doc. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Doc Rivers. Because Doc Rivers, coach of your Sixers, who uh yeah, lost oh in game seven to the Atlanta Hawks who a week ago, John and I were talking and we were looking at the, uh, the different championship odds. Atlanta was 21 to one. And then they lose game six, the, the which tied the yes. series three, three and the odds were 30, like 30 to one. Uh, now they're like 12 to one or something like that. But because now it's, it's not crazy to think Atlanta could win the whole thing. They're still not the favorite to do so by any means. They're, the, the probably number four on the list of four teams left, but it's it's there is a path now for them to do that. And if you bought it thirty to one or even twenty one yeah. to one, you could just go against that bet now, right? And, you could hedge that easily. and hedge it, and you're guaranteed money, right? Um, that was yeah. We should have done that. We should have done. Should have done it. <laughs> it's not my fault. Should've I think we couldn't have. I don't think you could bet on FanDuel Sportsbook in New York State. 
So New York owes me money. <laughs> I've never gambled on a game unless I'm handing somebody money, usually at a Super Bowl party. Ah, right, right. right. I think it's probably good that I haven't gotten into it because I'm pretty sure I would lose the deed to my house in like six months. <laughs> yeah, there is an option yeah. on FanDuel to submit a deed to a house. Just my, just my wife, like she, like we put like uh, a couple dollars every month into Bitcoin. We have been, uh-huh. and I didn't even know. Like we agreed to it years ago, and then I like I stopped paying attention, and I was like, "Are you still doing that Bitcoin thing?" She was like, "Yeah, this is a couple months ago," and I was like. Oh, I think it's doing well. We should put like a thousand dollars in there. And she was like, "This is why you're not in charge of this." Because <laughs> I'm like, to me, like all money is monopoly money. So I'm not, I'm not to be trusted with betting shit. Mm-hmm. And it's a good thing you didn't put a thousand dollars in like three months ago, because since then Bitcoin has dropped a lot in value. I know. Yeah. Can, can we talk about Doc Rivers playing me in the fourth quarter of Game Seven? Yeah. What the fuck? Yes. What the fuck? is wrong with doc rivers and putting in like the 12th guy on the bench in the in fucking crunch time what is happening yeah well i guess he who who was the crunch time because ben simmons they just couldn't play him which is shocking of course course they can't play him yeah because he doesn't know how to fucking shoot right the right hand they're like it's literally a story like they were reporting on Eastman they're like Ben Simmons considering switching to right-handed shooting because he's fucking right-handed and you can <laughs> tell when he shoots jump shots that he's a right-handed shooter does he it's mostly so... dribble with his right hand he's 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 ambidextrous yeah, yeah. So they're like they're like he does some stuff with his right hand and some stuff with his left hand but I guarantee he jerks off with his right hand because he has <laughs> way more form when he's shooting with his right hand. Yeah. But then he gets to the free throw line and looks like me shooting with my left. It's so, you know, what's crazy is like the whole Foles Wentz thing. Remember that mm-hmm. thing after oh, yeah. on the Super Bowl? And I was the asshole for being like, trade Carson Wentz right now. Nick Foles won the Super Bowl. I don't give a shit. And people were like, that's the wrong take. And then Carson Wentz, you know, failed as it was obvious he would after they built a fucking statue of his backup at the <laughs> stadium. So anybody with common sense knows he's not going to do well in a city like Philly. He doesn't. The Eagles trade him for nothing, like, you know, do- like dimes on the dollar. And people go, okay, yeah, look, it didn't work out with Carson, but it was still the right thing to keep him. And I'm like, what words have to mean something. Obviously it wasn't the right thing to keep him because he didn't fucking work out. So I don't get to be wrong in the moment and now wrong, even though the thing I said would happen, happened. I was fucking right about Nick Foles. That's number one. When they, after the first season of watching Ben Simmons play, I was like, he can't fucking shoot. He's not that good. People were like, no, he's a facilitator. Look at all the other stuff he does. I'm like, it's the goddamn game of basketball and he shoots with the wrong hand. And every year, all these fucking losers in Philly that all of a sudden are like coddling athletes are being like, yeah, you know, he, he's developing his game around his shooting. It's like, dude, the point guard sags four feet off of him when he's at the free throw line. Like, <laughs> they, Embiid, Embiid is getting the ball posting up 25 feet away from the basket because <laughs> they don't respect Ben Simmons at all on offense. In a half-court set, it's infuriating. And now, like, their stories come out being like, they think Ben Simmons is babied. And it's like, yeah, no fucking shit. The dude's been in the league now. This is his fourth season, and he was, he shot 35% in the playoffs. That's what happens in the playoffs. As fucking crunch time comes up, your habits, if they're bad, are going to rise to the top. And that's what happened with him. It was I was fucking saying it. And now, big surprise, he's, he has the yips in for the fucking Sixers. And that's the, that is 100% the reason they lost that series is because their second best player is unreliable and didn't take a goddamn shot in the fourth quarter for four consecutive games. It's a fucking joke. And I'm just waiting to hear people tell me how I'm wrong again about Ben Simmons, <laughs> even though I fucking said this four years ago, like, like after his rookie season was like, yeah, dude, this is going to be a problem unless he fixes it. So Anyway, that's my. I'm getting off my stool or whatever. What's the thing? Pedestal. 
soapbox. Soapbox. High horse. Soapbox. I was looking for soapbox, but I could go on high horse too. <laughs> I'm standing on a stool was, right now. I was right about. I was right about Falls. I was right about Simmons. That's it. Someone needs to build you a statue. But what's with uh, Philly fans coddling an athlete? That's not supposed to be what Philly fans no, do. It's not. Look, I get it. It's like when Markel Fultz was, you know, I don't know, his arm had a demon in it or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He couldn't shoot anymore. It's called the yips. It's a real thing. It's like a mental thing that players go through. I, we all remember Chuck Knobloch yeah. lobbing the ball 15 feet up from second base. Um, it's like... I thought that it was kind of nice that six, like I was listening to somebody being like Sixers fans are, uh, or Eagles or Philly fans are so terrible to athletes. I'm like, that's really not true in the last five years. They were so nice to Markel Fultz and people really felt a lot of compassion towards that kid. He's still a kid. He was like 20 years old. He's obviously got something mental going on. And it's like, part of me wonders like, should we have just been complete psychos? Would that have helped? Like, like the, the being, nice, <laughs> being nice doesn't seem to work either. So like maybe just go back to trying to murder Santa Claus Yeah, because the, the empath, empathetic, empathetic Philly fans kind of suck too. So what is happening? Know. Is it gentrification? That's just changing the, the neighborhood. I don't know what it is, but it's like, I get it. It's like, there's gotta be a balance between there's got to be a balance between trying to murder Santa Claus right. and trying to be Mark Fultz's therapist while he's missing free throws. There has to be something in the middle there where I can still boo somebody who sucks. And like, I'm also not like terrorizing their mental health. Like also you are a paid athlete and it's a city that we know our sports and we hold our teams accountable. We can tell it's like, one thing I liked about being in Philly is like they would boo. I remember booing Doug Glanville when I was like eight at veteran stadium, because he didn't back up a throw. So like, that's not like a talent thing. That's an effort thing. I remember them booing Ricky waters because he's alligator arming passes in the center of the field when they're like driving in the fourth quarter with a minute left. Like you, there's like dumb booing. And then there's like, I actually understand the game. I see what someone's, I see where someone is not either exerting themselves or challenging themselves to grow. And that Ben Simmons passed up dunk. Oh my God. Like a, there, couldn't be, oh, there couldn't be a better example of somebody that like, how has nobody in the organization gotten on him about that? How does it get to that level where you're that scared to shoot a free throw, where you, you pass up a wide open dunk to pass to a guy with two, got, with two defenders on him? It's 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 infuriating and i like i don't know i don't know the balance i don't know what to do as a fan i'm like it feels like we should be booing <laughs> but i don't know apparently that's that's a you can't do that anymore so on the other side like you got Giannis, who also sucks at free throws um yeah. but he's someone who kind of tried to teach himself to shoot during off seasons and can shoot threes. It's not his forte and he's not great at it, but I think just knowing that he can shoot sometimes he doesn't get afraid in these moments. And I mean, Ben Simmons just passing up a dunk. Like that's the one shot he can hit. And it's just, that's going to be an iconic it, it, moment. It'd be one thing if he just missed, if he just missed the, took the dunk, got fouled and missed the free throws. At least he tried. It's the not even trying part mm -hmm. where you're like, God, it's, it happened again. It's like they, they did it again. They drafted somebody that can't do the functional thing in the sport that they're playing. And it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it, I don't know. It sucks. Carson, people were saying Carson Wentz had the yips mm -hmm. last year. Like he was like, he's like air milling screen passes three feet over receivers heads. It's like, I don't know. I don't know what it is, man. It's like, like I said, it's, I don't know if it's the Philly sports culture is like collapsing in on itself, but it feels like we don't know how to, we haven't struck the balance between how to be a city that holds their team accountable or helps people through their mental issues. But something's go, something's going on there. Maybe they're overcompensating ever since turning over cars in the street when, when the Phillies won the world series. I, I do, maybe it was the Eagles winning the World Series that kind of like was a seed change for people. 
Um, that's why I said the Eagles should have sucked with Foles for two years because it would have like we would have allowed ourselves to get our shittiness out, and then we would have been like, okay, dump all the old guys. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's better to ride the train into hell with the team you won with. Let them all fucking get old. You know, I, I don't care if Alshon Jeffrey was in a wheelchair three years after the Super Bowl. Like they won the Super Bowl. Just let let them end their run. It's like I don't know. Philly just can't. I remember the, when the Phillies won. In 2008, it was awesome. And then the the GM was like, we're going to sign everybody for six years. <laughs> and like Ryan Howard was like a shell of himself two years later. Yeah. And as much as I love fucking love Chase Utley, Chase Utley was gone three years later, like physically, but they kept him. It's like, it feels like Philly is just like going like this. It's like fucking horrible to the players, too nice to the players. Commit to the players forever after they win. Dump the guy that won the Super Bowl the season after he did it. Like, find the balance. Find the media. Find the spot where we can hold people accountable. Have a fun fan culture, and also like be willing to say Ben Simmons is a fucking baby. Carson Wentz is a fucking baby. Someone needs to put a foot in their ass or get them out of the fuck. Move on from them if they're not if they don't have it in them to like want to get better or in Carson Wentz's case, like grow a thicker skin, then move on, trade them, get while you have value for them. Anyway, I'm, I gotta stop. Well, that's an interesting question about value because Ben Simmons trade value is now at an all time low and I'm sure fans want to get rid of him. Uh, John, do you think he's gonna be on the team next year? No, mm-hmm. I think he, I think they'll, they'll trade him. I, I think Ben Simmons for Marco Fultz straight up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, uh, now, Marco Fultz actually looked good this year. He did, uh, but then he tore his ACL. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think they I think they have to move him. I think it's just too much baggage. But it sucks, and Maury's going to hate moving him when he's when his value is at its lowest. But He's a reclamation project that has a lot of upside. Oh yeah, I think you can find takers. He just has a kind of a big salary to, you know, deal with right now. I don't know. I bet they'll find someone. I bet they could get they can get someone decent for him. Yeah, I if I were a team that uh, if I were like almost any team, unless I had already a star point guard, like he would be someone I'd be looking to buy low on for sure. Yeah, I, I would. I would too. Because he's still have a few people trying to buy low, and then you bid him back up to yeah. a respectable price. I, I just think he needs a fresh start. I I don't know. I think Where it's. Where do you think he would? Oh, sorry. I was going to say I, I think that uh, he. I mean, now he he can't hide behind just not being a shooter anymore. Now he knows he has to learn to at least shoot free throws. So I don't think he'll ever take a summer off from that again. But what were you going to ask, Eric? <laughs> the idea of him taking a summer off from shooting free throws right. after three years of being terrible at it just, yeah. it just makes me so furious. I'm like, I want to throw myself off the balcony. Um, I was going to ask, I was going to ask what, like, if there's places in the league that you see him being a good fit, because I think he's, I mean, look, I, it's, a, it's not an original argument, but like, I just think he's a misfit for Embiid. Like their skill, it doesn't mm-hmm. help when they're both on the court. It's not the best utilization of their talents. Like I, like I think he's he can't have a point guard that can't shoot. So like, wh- where where would where do you guys see him going? What's the situation where he would do well? Well, one thing that complicates it is he's clutch, right? <laughs> So not he's not he's in not, good in the clutch. He's a clutch client. He's not good in the clutch. Oh, I thought you were trying to troll me. <laughs> no, no. He's, he's clutch with a K. So you can be damn sure he's not going to Indiana or something like that, right? Like he's they're not gonna they're not gonna have him going somewhere crappy or somewhere that's middle like middle America or middle of the road. I bet. I don't know. Like he's not going to Oklahoma City or anything like that. Like I think um I think a team that could use more defense and find a way to work with them, like where he's maybe not the handle, like Portland. Like what if mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, straight up trade for McCollum, who also looks like he needs a fresh start 
because he's hurt all the time, but he could spread things out in Philly, like be a much more effective guy to go with um, Embiid. But again, the two of them, the chances of them playing together for more than 20 games, like is pretty slim since they're both always hurt. I mean, more McCollum's lately. I mean, Embiid was healthy this year. That's what kind of sucks is like, I feel like the Sixers really wasted a healthy year of Embiid. I mean, I know he missed a couple games, but a lot of that was just maintenance, I thought, and they did a good job of – I thought this this was the best in Beads looked late season ever. You know he missed 20 games, right? Like he missed I know, but 20 games. <laughs> I know he did. But here's what I'm saying. I think that they they played it safe on his return with those 20 games. Like, I don't think yeah. he needed to miss 20 games. And also, when you're, when you're a big guy like that, I don't think you should ever be – I think you should always be taking 15 games off the season, even <laughs> if you're fully healthy because you're fucking six foot – too and Embiid let's be honest like flops around a lot he falls down eight times a game like every Sixers fan has a heart attack uh because he he sells fouls but like he's he's a guy that should always be doing that during the regular season load management is like pivotal for him so even though he like I, I I it's weird it's like he was shadow healthy this year missing 20 games for him when it's not like major surgery or something it's just the team being cautious is good. And that's what I mean by like, it's a, it's a wasted year for the Sixers. Cause like, if Embiid's going to be your best player, you don't have 10 years to yeah. figure it out. Like, right. like Ben Simmons taking five seasons to learn how to shoot free throws at 60% is that's why it's a fucking outrage. Like it's, and part of the reason is because there's been so much goddamn turnover in the front office, there's everybody else like, well, it's my first year here. It's like, well, as a Sixers fan, I'm 35 years in, <laughs> and we don't have that much time. So I know it's your first year with the team, but I've been here since the fucking process started, and we are wasting years. Like, we're lucky to have Embiid for 62 games in a regular season. So let's fucking – let's get our second-best player able to play in the fourth quarter of playoff games sooner rather than later. I think the Portland idea is a great idea. It's just crazy that that's the hope. Is like, could you get CJ McCollum for? That's ben crazy. People were talking about Ben Simmons as like a top fifteen player yeah. two years ago. I mean, he would be if he if he could shoot. He'd be he'd be a top five player with his defense and and his playmaking. It's just yeah. he can't do that important thing because even went in the first round when uh portland was eliminated and people started wondering if if dame wants to stay there long term that was a trade i was thinking of in my head was dame for for ben simmons which would never happen now but oh my beca- god but because i think he'd pair amazingly with Embiid, of course and for portland they they still get a guy you could build around because you know People were talking about Houston trading Harden for Ben Simmons, so it wouldn't have been a crazy thought at one point. And he's much—he's a lot younger than Dame. His salary is a lot lower than Dame, so it kind of allows Portland to reset with another star point guard. That's out of the question now, and you know, I, I don't know if you could make Dame and Ben Simmons work together. I don't know exactly how that would work. Um, but if they if Portland could get Ben Simmons for CJ McCollum, I would do it. If I were them. You know, you know what's funny is and infuriating is that as you said, uh, Dame for Ben Simmons was reasonable two years ago. I was like, Yeah, fuck. It was reasonable two years ago. It was reasonable ago. like three months and, ago. And, and to just picture like <laughs> just like I picture like there's a blackboard somewhere with like some front office guy in Portland with possible trades up on the board. And he's got one that says Dame for Simmons straight up. And I'm just picturing a red pen crossing out <laughs> Stoudemire and writing in McCollum. And I want to kill myself. <laughs> you mean- the, the fact that that's the, that's the drop in his value right. just from, just from seeing him exposed in the series. I mean, it's like, man, the lights shine brightest in the playoffs and they, they Simmons is fucked. Simmons is fucked in Philly. Yeah. It's just even if they even if they go into next season with him and he plays well, it's so that they can trade him. It's like it will not work. He's not gonna he's not gonna learn how to shoot with a new hand and be ready by the beginning of next season. No, it needs so to be like, somewhere where he can, where they the new team is patient for a reclamation project. Yeah. 
I thought about Ben Simmons for Brandon Ingram, but I don't know if New Orleans would do that because uh, I don't think Ben works with Zion. It's kind of the same thing as Embiid and Ben Simmons. Yeah. Uh, Houston. I'm gonna let, I'm gonna, hang on, I got to let my dog out real quick. Sure, right sure, sure. Uh, Houston, I mean, obviously needs a point guard, playmaker. They, they don't really have much. Um I, they would definitely not trade their number two pick, which we're going to talk about exactly. in the lottery. They would oh, not that do that. Getting that number two. Yeah, because it was top four protected. Um, top four protected. Yeah, let's go into the lottery now. So, uh, yeah, that must feel great as a Houston fan that's, yeah, that they no, got the number I, two I pick. I would, I mean, certainly rather be at number one. because I, mm-hmm. um, I worry about... You know, KOC and the ringer, and that's what lots of people have been talking about, Mobley at number two. And I think Mobley's great. Like, first of all, I'm very happy that Houston gets to keep the pick, first yeah. of all. That's that's awesome. But then, secondly, with Mobley, I'm a little concerned that he's – like, when I watched him play, which was not that much, at USC, he was just taller than everybody else. And he could get around and, like – I just don't think the difference, the physical differences are going to be as stark in the NBA. And so, I don't know. I'm not sure how he's going to translate, whereas some of these other guys might really be better. But he's he's definitely the number two talent as far as these evaluators see it. So they either have to take him or trade down if yeah. they don't want him. Seems. Yeah, you wouldn't... If... if... The, if Houston does indeed think that Mobley is the second best guy on, on the draft board, then they should take him. Um, because it's not like you wouldn't say, oh, Christian Wood, we already have a center. You just, they're in a position to just take the best guy available. Um, yeah. So if they're not going to take Mobley, you trade down. You don't, I don't, I don't think you stay at number two and take Jalen Suggs, for example, if you do right. think that Mobley is the second best guy. But that's, I mean, Houston, because they almost did have Ben Simmons, was a trade target I'd think of. Uh, who would they even? They, they don't have any players besides Christian Wood, and Philly doesn't need that. No. No. I used, yeah, Houston just can't trade for anybody at this point. Unless, right. I mean, not not anyone with a, with a salary, because they all they can trade are, you know, nobodies and draft picks. And John Wall. Yeah, I guess I mean, if, if Philly wants to go John Wall for Ben Simmons, I mean, I can, you know, I think I can get the Houston GM to go for that. I'll put in a call. Um, yeah. John Wall yeah, yeah. was pretty, pretty bad. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. How um, old is John Wall? Is he like in his 30s yet? I think he's like 30 or 31. He's not that old. He's but not, he's but he's not a young thirty. No, because because he's so he's so physical, and he was yeah. always just running, you know, full speed down the court. And now with the injuries, it's like, yeah. yeah. Would you, uh, if you were Philly, <laughs> Philly get trade Ben Simmons for Russell Westbrook, and then you know he gets a fresh start. I mean, I love Russell Westbrook. I don't know if he's a good fit for what they need, but I love Russell Westbrook. He'll at least he'll, never he'll be afraid. He'll never be afraid of the moment. That's <laughs> that's for sure. No, he won't pass up the shot. Right. Uh, he won't shoot zero times in the fourth quarter games four through seven. He I mean, might pass zero times. <laughs> like, that's what you gotta work. I mean, if they. Yeah, but they would have to get – they'd have to put pure shooters around him. Like, and yes. the, the Sixers don't have any, like – I mean, who's their, who's their best – who's their best tall shooter besides Embiid? It's like uh, – I mean, obviously, Seth Curry's great, but he's undersized. If Tobias like, Harris. Who, who do you play but, – but Tobias Harris isn't, like, a great shooter. Like, he no, should he's not be able option. to shoot better. He really should be. No, he's like he's he's a weird. Tobias Harris is like a weird player. He's like he's like an ISO player that should be more aggressive, often isn't, and then when he is aggressive, he doesn't finish hard. <laughs> like it's like mm. it's such a weird thing with him. 
Like, I, like there was a play where he like he took it to the hole and then like made had like a layup where he could have dunked and then was like getting angry afterwards because it was an it was an and one. But I was like, why doesn't he dunk? It's like can can he not dunk? Like he has so many chances to do it. He just so many guys on the Sixers just don't. They just don't know how to finish with it. Like when they're within three feet, it's like they're bricking layups. It's weird. I was I, I was I'm saying like Corkmaz might literally be their best shooter over six foot seven, which is crazy that that's the truth. But I, I I can't think of anybody else right now. So like with Westbrook, I think you would just need to. I mean, look, I like I said, I love Russell Westbrook for so many reasons, but I would say that would be a bigger team overhaul. Like that's not, yeah. what they really need is a point guard that can fucking shoot. And I have, I have a feeling that Maury is not going to trade for Russell Westbrook again. That's a good point. Yeah. Man, it, it is really tough to find uh a Simmons trade that makes sense because Philly's not going to want to just do it for draft picks because they're in with Embiid, you know, being somewhat fragile, but awesome. And right now, one of the best players in the NBA, they got to try to win now. Cause in my head, I was just going like Ben, Ben Simmons for to Toronto for their number four pick, but, um, which is fair value, I think, but I guess it doesn't really help Philly much now. I don't know. Yeah. If, if honestly, if they got offered that, I would take it. You would take it. I don't. I guess the question is, would Philly, would uh, Toronto do it? I don't think they would. Mm. I don't think he's. I don't think he's worth that. I really don't. I, I. It's not about buying into his talent. There's there's a lot of very talented players in a lot of different sports mm-hmm. where it just doesn't translate. Yeah. Jeff, you know who has the, you know who had the like everybody goes strongest arm ever in the NFL, Jeff George. Jeff George. Mm-hmm. Jeff George could throw it on a rope 80 yards, but there's a little more to doing to being an, an athlete than just having the physical skill. And to me, it's like I know they're young. I know they're young guys and it's like who was I when I was 20, very different from when I'm 35, but like if you're getting paid that much money, you're in the league for four years and you, it hasn't occurred to you to become a better shooter, regardless of whether or not you're getting how management's treating you or whatever. If that hasn't been a priority in your life yet for it to become one, it's just, it's just, I don't think it's in the cards for Simmons. I don't think he'll ever be an average shooter. I don't think he'll ever be an average freak. I think he'll, it'll always be a negative on his game. And even if he gets it to where it's passable, the fact that it took <laughs> like flaming out in the playoffs to get it there multiple years into the league, I just, I don't know. I just think the, I think the writing's on the wall with his career. I'd be very surprised if he, if he's able to really become like a true top 15 player in the, in the NBA. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Well, the, the comparison that a lot of people were making in these early years was um to jason kidd Mm -hmm. yeah right and i think that was a lot of the uh, that's a little bit of like rose-colored glasses first of all kidd was much much better as a point guard than simmons but they were like oh yeah kid couldn't shoot either he was just great in transition and you know all this stuff but then later he developed a shot even though it's an ugly shot shot. (laughs) like an ugly shot um but that's what people would say, but I'm like, I think you're really going best case scenario here. Like there are so many people who just could do certain things, but not enough to stay in the NBA. And that's maybe a more likely path for, yeah. for Simmons at this just, point. I don't know. Maybe just make him a power forward. <laughs> like I know, like yeah. have him be like, maybe he's, I know he, he has to be a point guard, but like, why is he dictating that? It would have made so much more sense for, Cause like I saw very little in this series where Simmons was playing with smaller guys and they were putting him at the four. He was always on the floor with Embiid. It's like they insist on him being a point guard, but if somebody else was handling the balls and you could just let Simmons be, cause Simmons can play the four defensively. Awesome. Oh, but if yeah. you just let him like, 
Yeah, like he can he can play one through five, really, truthfully. Yeah. Like it's not ideal for him to be covering a big center, but like he can do it and be a plus. But the fact that they keep trying to shoehorn him in as a point guard, it also affects his defense too. Like it's he is clearly a guy that gets rattled. <laughs> like that's that you were watching it on his face throughout the series. So it's like I, I don't even think they that's why I get frustrated with Doc, because it's like Play him in the eight minutes you're not going to have him beat on the court. Simmons should be playing the four with smaller guys. Or playing the five even. Yeah, just maybe that'll loosen him up or like build him some more confidence in another way. Like at least, you know, getting looks closer to the basket, like force him to be aggressive. But like the the offense they were running, (laughs) if they didn't have an off, they didn't even have an offense. There was no offense in that series for the Sixers. It was literally... Embiid was posting up at the three-point line and backing people up and like shooting fadeaways. That was their entire. There was no movement. It's like they're literally playing five on four when he's at the point. So, yeah, I don't know where they would trade him. I don't know where he'll be good, but it's it's somewhere where he's in a good way. Like he wouldn't have the say to be like, I'm a point guard. He needs to get traded somewhere where they look at him and they go, well, you're going to be whatever you're, you are helpful to the team. And if you want to be a point guard, learn to shoot. And like, I think that's the only way it would happen for him. Like in Philly, it's like, I think the well's kind of poisoned with that. They've committed to him being their point guard. I mean, I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe it would be good to take the pick because Maxie's, great he's young but like i love the way he played in the series so it's not like he couldn't be a point guard of the future for the sixers maybe you just start that project next year you take a draft pick and you fucking go all in and say we think max he's going to develop maybe he could be i I don't think it's impossible to say he's the second best player on that team in two years Mm. yeah i I really i don't know i don't know what you guys think i don't know if I, I like Maxi. Maxi was awesome. I do. I, I like Maxi. When he got shots, he, yeah. Yeah. And he could shoot. And it's funny because, John, you were saying the comparison to Jason Kidd. And that was at a time where the point guard didn't have to shoot in the NBA. Right. So Jason and Kidd, it was fine that he, he could play through that. Now you kind of need your point guard to be able to shoot. And if it's a high usage guy, not be a liability at the free throw line. Unfortunately, Ben Simmons kind of needs to play point guard because that's his best offensive skill is his playmaking, his ball handling. And then you just, he needs to be, he needs to be able to play point center. That's the best role for him where you don't. So that's why Philly doesn't work because you have Embiid already playing center, excuse me, playing by the rim. And uh, you need, you need a situation for Ben where he's, where he doesn't have that other guy clogging the lane. And um, would you would you trade him to Minnesota for D'Angelo Russell? You can't go to Minnesota. Clutch will never no. never go into Minnesota or Sacramento. No uh, way. Well, uh, then they just got to teach really, him to shoot. Who needs a really good backup center? A what backup about, center. You know, the center gets hurt all the time. The Lakers. So. So straight up for LeBron James <laughs> and uh, Simmons and Davis. Team yeah. Up. Future clutch stuff. I like it. For for Caruso, maybe? <laughs> yeah, they have to throw in James and throw in Caruso. Yeah. And then they get them. Then they'll get him. Yeah. Welcome to Philly, CJ McCollum. <laughs> maybe that's it. I don't know. I mean. <laughs> Sorry, dude. It's all right. I don't. I don't dislike CJ McCollum. I like CJ McCollum. I just. No, I don't. It's just sad. It's it, just yeah. sad. It's a bummer, man. It's a. It's a tough team to watch. Like it's not like the Knicks, where you guys have just. You, the Knicks have had the, the, the common courtesy of just sucking constantly for twenty years. So that's you're. You don't get like this. Maybe thousands <laughs> a year. Like it's never coming. But for the Sixers, it's like we really deluded ourselves. Yeah. Thinking like this. This shit was gonna work. So it's like, it's just a bummer. It's yeah. I, I was listening to a podcast that said it really well. They were like, the best part about what happened to the Sixers is I don't have to watch them anymore. And like, I did feel that way a little bit. Like there was a little bit of relief when it was over. <laughs> like, all right, now I can just like enjoy sports again. And I can, 
spend more time with my wife and not be agitated. It's like, it's a, it's frustrating. It's to, I don't know. It's frustrating. Well, in the, were you going to say something, John? No, okay. that's, that's, I think that's great. I, I, feel, yeah. I mean, I feel obviously bad for your wife to <laughs> spend more time with you now, but I, in general, I get where you're coming from. Are you guys, I mean, I'm, I, I don't know who you guys are rooting for. I'm fully in for the Suns. I love their team. I love how they're built. I feel like that's, that's who I mean, it'd be crazy if the Clippers came back again. <laughs> I mean, if they do, I mean, apparently they just are like, they just can't be killed, but I feel like it's the Suns to lose for sure. Yeah, I don't, I've never loved the Suns, but I mean, I don't really love any of the teams that are left. Um, so I guess part of me like is thinking small market and Milwaukee. Um, but I just think they are so like, they so didn't deserve to win that series Mm -hmm. against the Nets. Like they needed multiple injuries (laughs) to all stars in order to barely (laughs) squeak through by three inches or whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah. The Nets are going to, I think the Nets are going to win like two of the next four championships with that. I mean, that, that's, that's kind of what happened. I didn't, Le, LeBron didn't win in the first year he went to the Heat, right? Right. And then it was like they hit the – that's a super team that I feel like will gel next season and the Nets will – obviously, they'll get a couple championships out of those three. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, Milwaukee, who hasn't won a championship? I think it's like the Suns never have won. The Clippers have never won. Yeah. The Hawks and the Bucks have won. Yep, as you, well, as you told us. St. Louis. Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, we talked about it. Yeah, in St. Louis. So, like, I would not. The only reason I won't root for Milwaukee is because there's people alive in Milwaukee who remember an NBA championship. Yeah, there's no one alive in Atlanta who. Well, first of all, they never had an Atlanta NBA championship, and only one Atlanta championship. Period. There might be somebody who lived in St. Louis that liked the Hawks and then moved to Atlanta, (laughs) right? And they remember. They also Phoenix is a small market too. Yeah, comparatively, it's it's big in population, but it's giant city. It's like a top 10 city. I mean, so is Atlanta. Is it really? Uh, I think it is, yeah. yeah. I I wasn't saying Atlanta small market. I'm saying Milwaukee Milwaukee is is small. Legitimately small market. And yeah, there are people in Milwaukee who remember the championship and probably still call Kareem Luau Sender. (laughs) They're probably some old school Milwaukee grandparents telling their their kids about this guy Luau Sender and the kids looking it up. You know what's weird is like when I think of the Clippers, I think of them as a small market team, even though they're the fucking LA team. Because like they really are, they really do function as like a small market. Oh yeah. They're the obvious second fiddle to fucking you know, the Lakers. And they were a small market, right? They were Buffalo and then they were San Diego before they moved to LA. And right. and then they like, had Don Sterling never spending any money. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he's famous for. Yeah. We should uh <laughs> they should totally move back to San Diego and be the San Diego Clippers. Well why you yeah, why not? And why not why, do, why did the Chargers move? I mean, I know it was a stadium deal. Like, all this stuff's ridiculous. There's no, there's no, there's so not a reason for the Los Angeles Chargers to be a thing. I mean, yeah. I live out here. I, I, I search for Chargers fans. They have the best, they have the best uniform. They have the best uniforms in the league, and there's not enough fans to wear the uniforms. And the best young quarterback. Oh, my God, dude. Nobody talks about him because he's on the because he's on the Chargers, but like who had a better rookie season than him? I mean, really, if you look at what he did and how bad the rest of, like the fact that like all their losses are like he's still putting up like 35 points. Like the defense sucked. He was fucking incredible. But people out here don't even most people out here don't know that he couldn't name him as the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So he's gonna go under the radar until the Los Angeles Chargers are like in the championship game and people will wake up to it, but he's in, he's insane. He's so good. Yeah. He, I, I know it's the guy from Oregon is, is his last name pronounced a bear or Herbert? Herbert. <laughs> Not Guy bear. Wasn't there a quarterback on new Orleans? That was, uh, yeah. I, Bobby, Bobby, a bear, Bobby, a bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember the, remember the saints had like 14, Billy Joe Tolliver's. They had different <laughs> Joe Tolliver's. They're like Johnny Joe. 
<laughs> Dancy Joe. I love those. I uh, you know, obviously I have a fucking podcast yeah. about stupid backup quarterbacks, but uh, the Saints had the best. Saints have the best roster of shitty quarterbacks ever when you go through it. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, before we go, what are um, so who are your picks to make the finals? I mean, I guess the smart money's got to be on the Suns up 2-0. Yeah. Even though the Clippers have come back before. But those are they won two games without Chris Paul. Um, I have no idea if Kawhi is going to play. Um, I guess I guess the Suns. And I think, I think the Bucks are going to be too much for Atlanta. But I pick against Atlanta in every series, and they always win. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Bucks-Suns. I'll go Hawks Suns just because they just beat my team. So I'm like, I feel it's better for us if they keep going. Yeah, I've already went through that. Did you guys see they uh, they uh, changed the rule? They're going to change the rule for next year. About yeah. So Trey Young has one. Talk about a short window. Trey Young has one year. (laughs) His whole fucking game. It'll hurt Harden too. Man. Oh yeah! Like oh yeah! Yeah, Reggie Reggie Miller would be a man off the bench if that was a rule when he was around. <laughs> he used to kick his leg up. He like, was not as bad as these guys are, or at least if he did it, the fouls just didn't get called yeah. as much. Like, well, that was these, like, ridiculous. No, yeah, yeah Reg, Reggie Miller played where like you could just if Penny Hardaway drove to the basket, you could just punch him in the face. Like <laughs> it was a different and it was a different NBA. Where just fucking kick the shit out of people. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like Trey Young better fucking, he better do that little stop, drive, lean back, <laughs> shoot move every goddamn play for the rest I think, of the playoffs. I think he'll come up with something. What they should have done was announce this rule change like the day before the next season so that he and Harden didn't have time to like come up with some like loophole. Yeah. It's like the tax attorneys who get started on the new laws and like, oh, we can move some money around and we can do this. They're going to find some way to do it. They have enough time. They'll find another way. It's, it was, I mean, look, it's not the reason the Sixers lost, but good, good on him for figuring out a way to be able to drive that effectively as a small guy and get fouled without going straight to the basket, that little floater shot that he has mixed mm-hmm. with his stop and start, get fouled move. It fucking worked, man. Um, I don't know. I'll take the Hawks. Fuck it. I like it. I mean, I think, I think Lou Williams explodes for 30 <laughs> points in game three and the Hawks, uh, <laughs> the, the, the Hawks were playing Oh my God! They were playing Trey Young and Lou Williams at the same time, and the Sixers couldn't exploit it because Ben Simmons was on the court and he's the point guard. It was crazy. and he should be able to just drive on either one of those guys. They have no. They're both open gates. They're both like, please take the <laughs> take the basket. We can't play defense. We're undersized. Lou Williams doesn't play defense. It was it was crazy. It was just such a crazy series. Anyway, whatever. Hawks, Hawks in six. And Bogdanovich um, was hurt too, right? Like a little bit. He still, yeah. He towards the end, he he still played, but he was, I think, hampered a little bit. Yeah, it seemed like he was hampered, and they didn't take advantage of that either. I don't know. I thought all the all the Hawks supporting cast, which I guess you're like that's like the adage they say like you can't depend on you, you depend on them at home, but not on the road. But the Hawks, I think they won three games in Philly. If I think I have that right. Two or three games in Philly. Like, and it was their supporting cast was carrying that. Trey Young played like shit in game seven. Mm. It's like 15 mm-hmm. shots in a row. It was fucking crazy. So like maybe but he's the someone Hawks who are- who didn't like after missing all his threes for the first half, still didn't didn't shy away from the big shots at the end of the game. Yeah, that's it's called being a superstar. Man. You got a short memory, and it's yeah. good. And it's good when you're doing well, and it's good when you're playing poorly. But I think what I, I guess what I'm saying is maybe the Hawks are just better than any of us realize. Like, may, maybe they're just a better team. It's not all. Oh, sorry. Like, if you just cut out like pre or the pre McMillan um, days, pre Bogdanovich days, you cut that out. Their record is among the best in the whole yeah. league. Right. So yeah. 
Yeah. It just doesn't look like they should be that good. No. And part of that is part of that is Trey Young. And I was listening to it was like, I think it was the Simmons podcast and he was talking to one of those guys and the guy was just like, yeah, no one thought Trey Young was going to be good when he was in high school or in college yeah. or in the pros. And he, the guy has been told he's not good enough for all these years versus someone like Ben Simmons, who has been told he's great oh, and all this stuff over the years. Right. It, it's, it's really interesting to see how these, how these guys who were just told, no over and over again and they persevere it's like yeah that's the guy i don't want to bet against because that's the mentally tough guy yeah no that it yeah there's a little bit of like forged in fire with trey young i think part of the reason we don't think the hawks are good is because of their uniforms they have like really <laughs> shitty uniforms you know what and sucks you just look it. at it you just look at it and you're like is it like was there like a <laughs> was there like a fire at the baylor bears uniform facility and that's <laughs> Why is it green and red? Ew. I don't know if they still like, wear oh. those. Uh, no, they don't wear those. Well, I, I hate know. their I hate their McDonald's uniforms, the red and yellow. And uh, Houston I like, like those ones. I like the those old ones school, the, the Dominique era ones. Or even those now, I think they have some red and yellow ones. Um, I I like their city uniform, the MLK one. And um, yeah, that one's a good one. I like, look, I think when you have ugly colors, like the shirt you're wearing right now, Brian, <laughs> Thank you, you have to lean into your ugly colors. Yeah. The Hawks are red and yellow. <laughs> okay, that is, <laughs> that is a dumb color scheme. You need, you need to look like a house fire. That's what you are. You need to have a big, dumb hawk that's like twice the size of yeah. an actual hawk and more yellow than red, and you need to fucking lean into it. Like, I so, think, like, again, like, I'm oh, sorry, you go. Well, I was going to say, I think the Toronto Raptors need to go back to their purple uniforms with the big red dinosaur. <laughs> dude, they, dude, they should hire, they should pay for the rights for Barney and just make Barney their yeah. mascot. It should literally be the children's dinosaur Barney. He should come to games and wave and sing, I love you. They, yes, just own it. Own what you are. Yes. Sorry, this is not the point of this podcast. I think that's a good, that's a great <laughs> message for my listeners who are all ashamed of themselves, and uh, we could end on that note. But uh, Eric, what would you like to plug before we get out of here? Uh, so I, on my podcast, I for in two weeks, Jabron Hamden, who was a quarterback in the NFL, is actually the first Pakistani quarterback to ever play in the NFL. He did my show, so it's going to be the first time I ever have an actual backup quarterback on bringing the backups. Very excited. We had a great talk. His, his career NFL stats are one for two for seven yards. That's <laughs> true story. So I couldn't have found somebody more perfect for the podcast. So yeah, yeah check that out. Bringing the backups on all major you know, podcast platforms and YouTube, all that stuff. That's awesome. I, I've never heard of this quarterback. Me neither. No, but look him up. He played for like eight years. He had two pass attempts and one completion for seven yards. That's not, he's, he's, and that's he's, not bad. 50%. I guess that's not great. You want to go like 60, 60%, 65%. With two attempts, that's going to be hard. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> dude, I'll, I'll give you a little uh, sneak peek. We talked for five minutes about stealing signs from Mike Holmgren. <laughs> like, like he's like he's like i stayed in the league for eight years because i could watch guys like mike holmgren and be like joe Dur joe Dervicious, 20 yard out here it comes and just whisper it to the defensive coordinator and then he would like he we talk about how tony romo calling plays is not a big deal for anybody that's played mm. quarterback in the nfl he's like i used to sit in the stands with my dad when i was on uh the practice squad and just call plays to him and people next to us would do go, dude, can you stop? We're trying to enjoy the game. So it's like <laughs> that, that whole, like, how is Tony Romo right. doing it? He was a quarterback. He reads the defense. He knows what kind of offensive plays they have. And he just says that's – he's a, any, any good quarterback could do that. So, yeah, we, we, it's cool. We actually – usually conversations on my podcast are just we, – what we did, talked about today, the Hawks uniforms for 35 minutes. Just dumb shit that doesn't mean anything. But uh, this guy actually played in the league for eight years, so it's uh, it was fascinating. I learned a lot. I recommend it to people. 
That's great. I'm going to listen awesome. to that. Yeah. John, uh, John, anything to say? Uh, no, just, um, that's, that's it. Enjoy, um, enjoy the summer. Folks. Yeah. Like basketball's, basketball's wrapping up and then we're in a sports dead zone. No offense to baseball fans, but, um, you know, enjoy these last few weeks and then just and then go back to hanging out with your families. Yeah. Use this time that there's only one sport going on to do something else. Say, spend some time with the people you love in your life. Put on, a, put on a baseball game when you're doing drywall in the other room. Like yeah. It's just, it's just sound to have on. I'm right. not saying don't watch baseball, but it's a time to reconnect with other things. Yes. Well and, said. And get stuff yeah. done. Uh, I, of course, am at Larry the Athlete on all social media. And you can subscribe to Larry Knows Sports wherever you listen to podcasts. May all your dreams be hoop dreams. And may the rest of your days be days of thunder. <laughs>